1: Hey everybody! Welcome to the Multifamily Legacy Podcast. I'm your host Corey Peterson, and I am excited that you're here. We are in the fifth part of the Back to the Basics series, and today is going to—we're going to be talking about operations, how to make money in this business, and listen—it is more critical now than ever in truly understanding what it takes to operate properties and be able to make lots of money. Because let me tell you, folks, if you do this wrong, it can eat your lunch. And so pay attention. This episode is going to be packed with some nuggets. And I'm really going to show you that you don't have to do it yourself. And this this is the whole part of this business that I love and cherish is because when you do this thing correctly, you're going to come at it like you're the boss. This is theme part of like the godfather. This is like the godfather. You know, yeah, hey, uh, you know, let me wet my beak. You know, you're gonna make all the everybody's coming to, you know, Don Corleone. That's that's the business. It's so great to be the owner and the guy that's calling the shots because everybody's coming to you, and then your goal is to make sure that you vet the correct person people to execute your vision in your plan and the way you see it it really is amazing when it happens right but listen there's a lots of pitfalls and I'm going to help you navigate a lot of the pitfalls in this episode so stay tuned it's going to be awesome hey before we get started though a couple of uh, five-star reviews out there want to give some shouts out to PJ Jaden? says awesome timing The episode about what happens if passive investors say no to a deal, that's number episode 147, was exactly what I needed right now as we go into our second syndication. Awesome. So I'm glad I could help you, give you value, give you like what's going on, the real deal. Like not the sugar-coated version or the, oh my God, I'm so awesome version, but the real crap because that's what this podcast is about, is giving it to you unadulterated, just straight to you from the words from my mouth as I see it and it's no BS okay next one comes from Karma Stacy she goes thanks Corey Corey your podcast has been very beneficial to me and I just wanted to say thank you I really appreciate that so and I'll give you one more from Kimber Lesky says episode 151 was so good She goes, just finished listening to a couple episodes and just wanted to say how much I enjoyed the most recent episode. Listen, I love it when you guys take the time to get on to iTunes and give me those reviews. It lets me know that we are doing this thing right and that you guys are getting massive value for it. Now, uh, before we get started, though, a word from our sponsors.
0: Get started in multifamily real estate investing. Join our virtual Apartments to Millions Summit, where we will teach you how to get started in multifamily real estate investing. Text A2M, the number 2M, to 480-500-1127. Learn how to create cash flow and not quick profits.
1: Okay, we're back. Listen. Today is going to be about being a great operator and uh, doing some things. And, I, and listen, I know you guys just listened to, to our sponsor's ad, which is my ad. Like, let's let's be real. That's my ad. I, I just want to give another plug for this. My Apartments to Millions Summit virtual, our virtual event, is going to be awesome. If you are not, if you've not went to a2mlive.com, or you can just go and type a2m to four eight zero five hundred one one two seven. It's going to be an amazing event. You should sign up, register. I've got amazing speakers um, that are going to bring it, and and we're we're really bringing all the vendors and everybody that you will need to like. How do you go out and raise capital? How do you get syndications? How do you find partners? How do you find deals? How do you underwrite? How do you create lead magnets to get money showing up to your door that says, "Hey, I want to give you my money." That's what we're going to talk about. That's all these speakers or specifically has very detailed speeches and, and presentations to show you that, to show you the tools. So I just I highly recommend you go to atumlive.com, atm live.com, or you can just text atm to 480 1127 and we'll send you the link to, to register and you should do it today. Okay, so on the secrets to being a great operator, okay, my here's kind of my objectives for today. Is the questions you should be asking management companies? Like because really you're not going to want to take on self managing, um, and and really not not in the beginning. Not in the, we'll talk about when it's the right time to maybe look and think about self managing properties. But in the beginning, you should be vetting this out. And the problem is most people are asking the wrong questions to their management company. So how do you vet the right management company is critical. And then what you should expect, like what you should be expecting from your management company as far as communication, reporting, accounting. And then what's the typical fee for all this stuff? And, uh, and the last part is why I believe you should never do it. Like in the beginning, you should never think about managing, self-managing any asset because you're probably not equipped. Most Guys that are starting this investor game, we're um, very much visionaries and we're not in the weeds of, you know, step one, step two, step three, because we don't, we're not wired that way. And so when you try to put on that hat, it doesn't fit and you look like an idiot. And we don't want to be caught in a low tide with our pants off. Okay. That's not a spot that we want to, we want to go out and show anybody. So listen, um, Pay attention to this because it really will help you. And so also, we'll also talk about how you put a deal together. Just kind of just go over the, the basics of what I call management. And then we'll give you some, hey, here's some best ways to, to make some, some money. Now, the best way for me to illustrate on how not to do this is to tell you my Tucson story. And that's, I bought my first property and I did so well that I thought I was invincible. And so I went and got... I bought my second property in Tucson, Arizona, and I made some critical mistakes. And this is why I know self-managing is out. (laughs) First of all, I hired a regional management company out of Atlanta to manage a property in Tucson, Arizona. And and that was my first mistake. I it was a regional management company that had no business being a national management company. And they failed in other words they just we were having staffing problems and it just it wasn't working our property wasn't moving the way it was supposed to so i got frustrated and i live in phoenix and i was like man this is i'm going to fire this company <laughs> and so i did and then i said i'm going to do it myself i'm going to self manage and man let me tell you that was the worst mistake that I had ever made because what I found out is I found out how you can get a um, you know someone to come in and, and, and file a fair housing complaint. I found out how your managers could steal money from you. I found out how management, your managers or your people staff could uh, check out and not even be at the property and, and not work and like they would steal money and they make steal people's rents. Yeah, I figured all that out. And I did it, unfortunately, on behalf of my investors. And my investors had to pay the price with me. And so it took about, this was a two-year process of, you know, trying to, the first, the management company, firing them. And then I took on self-managing for about eight months. And after eight months, I was exhausted. I had driven to Tucson so many times. I'm sleeping in the... Uh, The office, you know, we had like a little, um, you know, room that we'd converted in. So there's a bed there and I'm sleeping in. I got to make the bed every morning and I'm exhausted. And I'm like, what the hell am I doing? So I finally woke up and found the correct local management company in Tucson. And within two months, my friends, two months, they had it running like a top. That's all it took. Two months. New people, the right ideas, the right community, the right management company. Two months, they fixed the problem. Now, the problem was I had went two years chasing this dog. And so I felt like at the time that I should cut bait and live another day. The truth is I should have kept the deal. I should have kept the deal. I bought it in 2011. And listen, it would be worth so much money right now. Oh my gosh. But I was so scared and nervous and it was my second deal out of the gate. I didn't want to lose my investors' money. Um, And here's the other story to that, that in your deals, time can solve a lot of things. But I didn't know that in the beginning, right? And after two years of not really hitting it, you know, we were staying afloat, but I wasn't making payments to my investors' And I didn't believe in myself. And once I found that solution, I should have just stuck with it and made my investors stick it out. And they would have eventually made lots of money. But I got scared and nervous. And so I walked away. Bad idea for me. Bad idea, bro, right? Should have just studied the course. And once I ride the ship, um, then it was, it was totally different game. So... You know, it's all about asking, I think, better questions. And so, what are you buying from a management company? You're buying their systems and their the way that they do things, right? And so, what I believe is the right system is, what, what I've seen not work very well when I look at management companies is when they have, you know, just a regional management company and then you have your staff, Right. And the regional manager usually comes to the property and then he communicates with just the you know manager of the property and those two are the only ones talking and then they leave and then the, that manager has to now give information to her staff, her team. And what happens is things get lost in the transition. And I think it's a very inefficient model uh, when you're looking at management companies, what I like is the hub approach, where you have a base. A management company has a base office where they're doing accounting. They're doing um, the advertising is a separate piece. The marketing, the phones, all that stuff related to like the home office, the hub is done in house, and then your team and management. And there's you know someone in charge of maintenance. There's someone in charge of capital improvements. And so there's different department heads as at the hub and then they can have direct communication with the people that they're trying to work with, your staff. I find that that is a much, much better way for management companies to operate. And that's what I personally look for when I'm selecting a management company now because I want someone that's going to be able to have more of a flat line approach to where we can get you know the individuals that are doing it because sometimes if you go to a regional the regional then it has to go to his corporate and then it comes back to the regional and it goes to the manager and then it gets to the maintenance guy that needs the answer and what I've seen is just so many things get lost in that transition and it's really not fair so um but it is about asking excuse me better questions to your management company. So here's, I'm just going to give you kind of some rapid fire questions you should be asking to your management companies. Um, and, and really, it's it's about this, like systems. So like with systems, you know, hey, uh, Mr. Management Company, how do you take tenants' money? Do they ACH? What's your lease up or what's your sales process for, you know, converting a lead to a lease, can you go through that process and is it written down can you show me a written down version uh, of this what is your training process right do you have trained employees to take over in other words are you just going to use my the property when i buy this property are you just going to use the staff here or do you have people that are ready to, that are already pre-trained and ready to deploy and take over and stay there right those are good questions to ask. Do you require managers and a maintenance to live on property, right? What what accounting system do they use? Is it Yardy? Is it Rent Manager? Is it um, Appfolio? Is it RealPage, right? Um, find out what, what are they using in that system, right? And I think, you know, you're really trying to figure out what's going on. I love this setup. And I like, it's called Tell Me About a Time. And I, this is one of the best ways, because you're going to put people, your management company, in a in a situation, situational uh, thing. And so, tell me about a time that you had a fair housing complaint, and how did it go? And how did you, what was the end result? If they don't have a fair housing complaint story, then they've not been doing it long enough, okay? Tell me about a time that you had a pool get flagged, and how did you, the the pool gods came and and flagged, you know, your pool because it wasn't and you got flagged, right? Because then they come again and ask me how I know this because we've got we've had pools get flagged by the chemicals not being exactly right. And so man, it was a real training opportunity. Tell me about a time that your employee stole money and, you know, how did you fix it or what did you know because that's all happened. And if they don't have these stories, cuz you're trying to figure out a how do they, you know, it should have happened to them before, or if it hasn't happened, why hasn't it? And what do they do to make sure that it doesn't happen? You know, tell me about a time that you got a property to 100% and how did it happen? And listen, if they have no stories that how they got something to 100%, then don't ever expect them to get yours at 100%. Hello? And listen, in my company, 100% is the gold standard. We are not trying to get to 96, 97. Nope. Nope. is the cherry mark, right? That's when Corey calls you and say, congratulations, you're awesome. Probably will send you a gift card, but you're going to get a lot of celebration from me and the management team. And so, and you know, another question is, how often does that happen at your properties? And give me statistical data that shows it. Like, I don't want to hear you say it. I want you to prove it to me, Right. Um, Tell me about a time, you know, what social monthly events do you guys do to create community, right? Tell me about a time that you had a a make ready, not made ready. Or tell me about your turn policy. Tell me about a time where you found drugs at a property. How did you get rid of them? You know, tell me about a time when you had a big problem with people in the breezeway smoking and joking and all that stuff. And I'm like, these are real questions to ask And you will start learning a lot, right? Of what, and what is their vision? Like, how does this management company really work? And because these are the things, because they'll tell you how everything's great when they're, because everybody has a great pitch, right? Oh, we've been doing this for a long time and yada. But you got to start talking about the weeds to get to extract the real information, right? And that is the job is to get into the weeds, okay? We I like what I call managing mentors, right? We we believe in our system that we have some managing mentors and these are people who are doing it well at our they're, they're actual managers, but we call them managing mentors. We give them a nice little title and they're gonna they're gonna talk about they're going to teach and train your other staff. And they do it because of the title. Because every like would you agree that people will work more harder for recognition than for money. And if you don't believe that is true, I'm sorry, but it is, okay? People, and I, I know this because I see it all the time, is people will work harder for recognition because that's who they are. It's the character that we hire for. And when we find those people, we'll pay them well, but like they'll do the extra stuff because that's who they are. And they want to become a managing mentor, and and that's awesome because we will have properties that they'll get excited about forty bucks, like oh my god, forty bucks, forty bucks, Corey, we just we figured out, you know, and I'm like, what's what's up with forty bucks? Well, and so I had one of my managers come in to me, they're like, hey, listen, we found a way to make save ourselves forty bucks on carpet cleaning, you know, because normally, like, you, when you think about carpet cleaning. It's like 40 bucks for them to come clean a carpet. And what happens, if you ever watch a, a, a carpet cleaning company show up to a property and clean a carpet, it's like the craziest thing. A van comes in, equipment goes out, and all of a sudden you see whoop, 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 whoop. And then all of a sudden there's like a bill that flies out of the van and the van's gone. <laughs> and it's like, what in the hell just happened? Oh, they cleaned your carpet. And um, we get there and we're looking at it and we're like, this carpet's not clean. Yet there's that fifty dollar buck, fifty dollar bill that says we cleaned your carpets, and it's just not true, right? And so we've learned that cleans carpet is called a little bit of work and a little bit of chemical. That's that's what cleans carpet. So we went and found out the right carpet cleaning system that we could bring in house to our properties, and we used that that that, uh, that carpet clean. So a lot of times we will clean our own carpets and it saves us 40 bucks a door. And that doesn't seem like a lot until you think about all the move-ins and move-outs. And now, and then we can control the process because usually what is the worst part on a turn is the stupid people that are turning your property. It's the uh, the ones who are cleaning the carpets. They always put you behind. And so this way we've, we've figured out that process And it it works really, really well. All right. So little things that make, uh, you know, bangs for the buck. So in operations, like how can you make money? So we talked about, you know, asking the right questions, vetting your right people. But then the other part of that is understanding um, how to change the perception of a property quickly. And our biggest thing is lighting. When you change lighting and add lighting to a property, you can go from scary... I don't trust it to, oh, my God, this is awesome. And it makes a dramatic change to the property. When you put wall packs on your property that it, it, it emit a crazy amount of cool white light. And, like, it gets noticed immediately. Your tenants will come in and say, thank you very much. Man, that is a big deal. The other thing is, you know, uh, what I call those USB ports. Now listen, USB ports, you can buy them, like what we do now is we buy them from China. We go to Alibaba and you can find the USB ports for probably like $2 a plug-in. And we'll buy like a thousand of them because we do this at every property uh, that we buy. We tend to put a USB plug-in in in all the um, kitchens and in the bedrooms. Why do we do this? It's not because people, that they're more efficient or anything like that. This is a straight up sales tactic. I'll spend $3 to do a tour of a unit and then point out my USB ports. Even though people may or may not use them, they always like them. And if your competitor doesn't do it, then you have a competitive advantage. And it's nothing. Like it's just a USB port, but people think about oh, well, I can plug in my deal, and especially for like student housing for us students, because there's now a bunch of people you know getting and and trying to use plugins, right? And so there's a battle for the plugins, so we need more ports, and so that's what that's why it works. It sells itself, um. So I think that's a big deal. Now I believe in asking your management company what you know about their turn policy. In other words, when a property becomes vacant, how soon do we have this thing rent ready? And so many times I see properties that are turned, you know, a week later, 2 weeks later. That's a bad policy. Like we want a 24 to 48 hour turn policy. In other words, that thing is cleaned up, it's rent ready, and it's ready to go 48 hours after somebody leaves. That is how you make money in this business, by having your product back up and ready and getting and leasing, right? The other thing is to keep, you know, is to have a standard. You have your basic standard and your upgraded standard. And keep it, like, you gotta have something that, like, here's the lights that we use. Here's the
0: paint that we use. Do you want to learn how to find and finance apartment complexes using other people's money? Join us for our virtual Apartments to Millions Summit, where we will teach you how to get started in multifamily real estate investing. We will show you underwriting, how to find the best properties, how to find money, deal structure, and even how to maintain the properties and deal with the unexpected expenses that pop up. Text A2M to 480-500-1127. That's A, the number 2M, to 480-500-1127. Learn how to create cash flow and not quick profits. Cash flow is king. Everybody's got to know
1: what you use at your property because if you leave it up to a manager, they'll start going into and buying all kinds of crap. Now it's like a mix and match policy. And that does not work. So you've got to make sure that your management company Is truly on board and saying like here's our stamp here's what we're gonna do on these turns every time and you want that and you want everybody to agree that that's what it's supposed to look like okay now now let's talk about reporting if you're not getting detailed financials every month on time you have got a problem okay you've got to make sure that this happens it it has to happen if you don't get financials and accounting done you should fire your management company. It is that important. And typically, we want our books closed by the 10th to the 12th of the month. On the 12th, we want our books closed, right? Meaning, everything's been uh, uh, reconcilied, uh, saying that word wrong. (laughs) Uh, But anyways, you understand what I'm saying. Recon- Re- i can't even say it now <laughs> but anyways you're gonna get that thing done and have them stamped with it you know every dollar has been accounted for and it's important because if you're not getting that you don't know where you're at financially and so we believe that not only should this is what we send to our investors is, is we give them a and l a rent roll um our age payables um all our bank accounts reconciled there i said it right there that. i got it that time reconciled and um, with the reconciliation report behind the statement so we have a bank statement and then the reconciliation report showing that we've reconciled that statement that's so powerful it lets everybody know that we've accounted for every dollar yes we have and um but that reporting from your management prop company has to be done in such a way that it, it really does create accountability, right? Because listen, if you don't know where you're at with management companies, you, you can lose everything. Listen, in operations, right, the most, the best work that you can do is spend a lot of time vetting management companies. Get them all together, Pit them up against another, find out, you know, what their nuances are and but you've got to find the right one that's going to work for you. When you find the one that you can have, that you can share your vision and, and they will believe it because if your management company doesn't believe what you're saying, you will never achieve it, right? That, that's just the truth. If they don't believe it, don't think that if they don't believe you or what you're saying, it won't ever get done. And so you've got to find someone that you can share the vision and they believe in that vision and you create the vision together and then you implement that vision. It is so vitally important to be successful in this game of operations. Again, you don't have to do it on your own. You should probably never do it on your own until you get closer to like 2,000 or 3,000 units. Then you can maybe start thinking about if this is right for me, but then... To do that correctly, that's a whole nother ballgame. And I've not done it yet, so I can't speak to it. But we, we're we almost there. We're almost there. But we're not there yet, right? I don't think I'll pull the trigger right when I probably could. I think I'm going to wait a little bit longer and make sure that it's the right fit. So guys, listen. Finding a asset manager uh, and property manager is probably the biggest decision you'll make in this game right don't take it lightly do the work vet 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 find the right people and when you do magic will show up to your properties almost every time right this game is easy it's not difficult find the right deals put the right team in place bring the right money to the deal and when it's all concocted together it usually equals results over a period of time Right? It is the best business. It pays you upfront cash flow, and legacy wealth in the end. It is truly a game changer. Guys, again, if you want your game to change, go to a2mlive.com, come to my summit, let me share with you the Kahuna way and give you some Kahuna vision on what it takes to get successful in this business. It is the best game in town in my opinion. Guys, if you believe it, You can absolutely achieve it, and your paradise is possible.